Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we're stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. I'm John Hall. I want to just set a couple of things straight right off the bat. Uh, while this show does release Monday at five, right now it is Thursday in the middle of June, a Thursday in the middle of June at two o'clock uh, p.m. And yeah, it is a July. beautiful, it is a beautiful, it, it, did I say June? Either way, June. July. July. And it is a gorgeous day out. It is 84 degrees. The sun is out for the first time in weeks. The smoke is low. Uh, the humidity is low, and we are all sitting in our various basements or solariums uh, or home offices to bring you, dear listeners, the important news of the day that broke two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> One week ago, John. So this is the Dil Dylan Mulvaney show? Sure. <laughs> All right, so John, why don't you keep it rolling? You want to introduce Brian, or you want me to? Uh, you can do it. It's uh... I like that so... you guys are battling to see who'll do it. <laughs> yeah, who battling? Gets... Well, I didn't want to steal John Thunder. <laughs> who he wants to? to who going. wants to flip a coin to introduce Brian Yeager? Brian, the... you know how my whole thing is just to be courteous and let John finish every sentence and really roll when he's rolling. I felt like he was rolling, so I wanted to give him some space if he wanted to continue down that Bri runway. Brian Yeager, acclaimed writer, uh, pun maker, unofficial the puns beer are mayor unforgivable. of Bend, Oregon, and just a, an all-around delightful human being who... Wrote and a friend book. of the show, John. Friend of the Hall. show, sure. Yeah. How many times have you done this? Uh, this clown uh, car. I don't even know if I have as many fingers on one hand. Jeez, that would be required. So here's the thing, Brian. <laughs> if you asked me in general, what's the worst type of human in this 2023 year? It would be those who got their information, primarily their political information, wholly by watching certain social media feeds, seeing posts from friends that share their confirmation bias with headlines that share their confirmation bias, rely heavily that if they open that thing and read it, it will prove their point and therefore claim to have done their own research and run out and argue all kinds of things like politics and claim all kinds of, you know, special abilities and in, in information because of this trend. And I mean, this is both, I know half the people think I'm talking about the red hats and half the people think I'm talking about the blue hats, but I'm talking about both. And then when we were 
when I was prepping or gearing up for today's show, I realized that's exactly who I fucking am when it comes to beer news. Like yeah. if you just, it's if you just go to beer news, I have feeds full of them. There's certain people I'll read all their words. There's certain people I'll read two or three, but sooner or later I'm like, all right, I've got a feel for this story. I can move on. And I know how big a story it is by how much it hits my feed by so much. So this year there's been three important beer news items. As far as I can tell, I joked about the Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney thing the sudden and shocking illness of our friend Alex Kidd, and then this Anchor Steam closing thing. So I'm going to ask you to talk through what you have sus, know, can prove, can't prove, and think, and I will throw out random things I've thought along the last 14 days and see if you can help me get right about them. So that sounds like a fun way to talk about what's going on with Anchor. It does, but it sort of dovetails with, had you posed who is the worst kind of person to me as a question my answer would have been anyone who's paying good money to go see Matchbox 20 or Train on tour. But <laughs> the irony is, it's that person who was- Are they touring together? Well, we're uh, describing the same person is what you're not understanding, right. John. It, exactly. <laughs> it, it, ironically, they are the same. It's, it's the Venn diagram of <laughs> anchor, customer, and I don't right. know, music fan. Um, at some, at sadly, some point, you know, at some yeah. point, I believe that I do my own research set was actually watching erroneous YouTube videos and reading the most horrendous of news sources. And then I realized they weren't even doing that. They were just seeing headlines that they were sure if they needed them, they could refine to defend a point and hadn't even read. Um, it's why I love watching um, uh, uh, Jordan, uh, is it Klepper? Clapper? Yeah, Clapper. I've heard of him. Again, he's a guy who hits my feeds, but I've never hit play. It, what I love about him is he goes, he puts himself directly in the line of fire. He goes to the rallies and he puts a mic up to those people who all have that type of confirmation bias, echo chamber, do my own research. And then he asks them to reiterate the research. And they, you know, to your point, they're yeah. incapable. No, I can give you the answer. Here's the answer every time. Tens of thousands of articles. Tens of thousands of studies. Can you name one? Tens of thousands of studies have been done on this. Pull out your Google, produce one. Nope. Anyway, that's not who we're here to bitch about, but I get your joke. I'm going to give you a gift in return for your Matchbox 20 joke. I want you, when we hang up, to find Pat Finnerty on YouTube. It's what makes this song stink is his primary video show. Pat He's Finnerty, a Pat Finnerty. He's a hardworking Philly, uh, grinded out gigging musician who during lockdown became aware of a, another YouTube channel called Rick Beato. What makes this song great, but he does these kind of 20 to 30 minute pieces, breaking down some of the most horrendous, um, music or whatever and for a short while he tried to compete with me and john in the podcast world and failed miserably he's back to his video channels but he used to for his news items he used to do things like check out the twitter feed of matchbox 20 to announce their tour dates and the cities they were playing and things like that and i feel like your go-to joke will really really enjoy pat finnerty's what makes this song stink series i can't anyway because rick beato is actually uh, a savant in, in the in the best way so big beato fan big yeah. beato fan 
you'll love the show. All right, so let's move on because we're not here to promote YouTube channels that don't pay us <laughs> to promote them. Um, so let me start with my first question. Hopefully it'll set you on a tear. What exactly would a 10,000 signature petition from Narragansett Brewery do to revive a failing <laughs> Japanese-owned brewery? Well, that was quick. Nothing. Next. <laughs> I, you know, I hate when my instinct is cynical and especially against breweries in general, but breweries identifying as craft, no matter how much it's a, a brand purchase scheme. But, but I, but, that I but actually, what, what is that other of, than marketing? What is right, that? Well, other hang than on marketing? a second. So do you want, so for context, for folks who don't know, after Anchor announced uh, or after Sapporo announced that it was going to be closing down Anchor, uh, Mark Hellendrung, who revived Narragansett years ago. In a good uh, way. I'm a fan in a, of what in a good. I, yeah. I, I'm 100% in agreement with the good work that Gansett has done and the growth that they've seen and the commitment and to the quality and beer. the way they're yeah. employing them. Yes. He put out, or and the, through the brewery, a let's start this petition to save Anchor. And Don Tess, who I, I, I know and, and adore and who uh, is locked in a endless, endless pun war I will never uh, with, admit with, with, Mr. Me. Yeager, um, with Mr. Yeager, uh, wrote a story uh, on the Forbes.com, which I don't even want to start on that, but I'm happy for <laughs> him that he's doing it, um, talking to Mark about this petition. So I sent Mark an email five days ago. And I said, hey, Mark, I'm trying to figure out your anchor uh, petition and what you're actually hoping for here. Are you trying to buy the brand or the IP looking for some insight and context? Can you fill me in? He got back to me within just a few hours. And he said, fundamentally, I think there are a lot of us out there that think that the pioneer should survive. Do we want to own and run anchor? Not necessarily. But at an extreme, Anchor can't be worth more than $20 million. And if all 10,000 craft brewers agreed that Anchor was worth saving, we'd all have to pony up $2,000. Sign us up for that or more. We don't know where the story is going. Sapporo hasn't announced what they're going to do. And then the interim, we felt that it was worth engaging in the conversation. Wherever it takes us, I think it will be interesting. Can you imagine, just for a second, a brewery that had 10 thousand owners that were all oh. other brewers and just the cluster that that would be not only that just like <laughs> on just... some level on, on a romantic level i actually like that idea but on the much more real level of ten thousand people who were either monkeys ten thousand typewriters yeah or were drinking out of you know like steel uh cores cans or something uh the idea that all of those people would get to tell the one progenitor of the industry how to run its business is sad to the point of comical now let me throw this out there because here's the wait are you gonna pony up two grand that's what i want to know augie uh here's the thing because I know the only thing 10,000 American breweries today are going to be like come up with in this situation is Anchor Steam plus Citra. I think I can do that on my own. Um, you know, there's going to be like 19 good votes and then whatever the math is on. I think we should put Citra and Anchor Steam. And since I've already done that, 
This porter is oh, missing yeah. lactose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, North Jersey. Um, anyway, uh, here's where I can see it adding value now. So one of the things that's hit my feet in the last three days is everybody who works at Anchor is trying to come up with some yeah. scheme yeah. to take over Anchor. Now, here's where I think that petition provides something, right? Because I believe the way those buyout schemes happen is some bank or iBank or something gives the staff the 10 million it takes to buy anchor away from Sapporo and they each own some amount of percentage and go on. But since all of them are working people, I'm sure some of them have some real money because I believe it's a largely union house. that has been at it for 150 years. But what I'm saying is there's some credibility to be like, look, since this announcement, there's this 50,000 or 8,000 or whatever it is, signature petition behind the brand. There is some credibility to us making this move. So I sure. think Gansett may have provided that as a testimonial towards a bank loan for the employees. But, but I can't believe that was their intention at the beginning. I just think it's a nice thing that happened as a result. But here's the other thing, right? If you are Sapporo, which is now the third owner of this brewery in the last decade and a half, right? And you're looking at your bottom Wait, line. Then I, I don't know something. Fritz sold to somebody who sold to Sapporo? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. In 2010, Fritz sold to... Uh, the guys who had started Sky Vodka. Yes. Oh, and they couldn't make a go of it. I don't think and, they were interested in making a go of it. I think they got out of it exactly what they wanted, which was they were doing a brand for the distilling for side, twenty million. Yeah, understood. Yeah, um, and they sold so here, to Sapporo. But what I'm saying is, uh, it, in situations like this, typically you would hear of Sapporo quietly trying to unload the brewery to another buyer before announcing and getting to this point that and definitely I, happened i i've i've been asking around and i haven't heard of those conversations now granted like i i'm imagining that they happened but it's it it strikes me as as weird that it went to immediately hey we're shutting down next month and we're considering bankruptcy versus you know hey we're selling to somebody especially given the amount of folks that have stepped up since i think that if you put it out there to certain brands uh or vc or whatever that you could have gotten a bite maybe this was the jump start to get to that point and maybe it'll be saved to your point but it strikes well, me as hold weird on, that it let immediately me, let me went to let me give you some feedback on that um so i think general knowledge is this current downturn in beer which is being acutely felt in craft is most generally hitting the guys that fall between lost abbey and sierra um and i think it that's who you, i'm trying to well that's what i'm saying so that's actually brian a place i'm going with our question is is there a way to lost abbey this and make it a tight san francisco brand or a california northern california san francisco brand up to you kind of thing but but first i want to give some color to john so you know everybody's having trouble these days everybody's confused i think we're about to all get fucked again because of the war in um ukraine where russia just yep. decided it's not letting any malt out 
And without that rule, everybody who sells malt to us jumped our malt prices 600% 18 months ago. And now they've got the rule they defended against then. So I'm pretty sure we're all going to see malts jump through the fucking roof again. And, and that's even AB feels that. Um, but I guess my point is, you know, without divulging any conversations, when I go around looking for answers, advice, and even money, when you're talking one-on-one, everybody goes, oh, no, dude, everybody's fucked. It's all terrible. Um, up across the board. So if that's us at the level I'm allowed to talk to, you know, the people who take my call, I imagine the people you think are doing that are saying that to each other as well. You know what I mean? That bid comes from somebody like Ken. And I don't know, Ken is, and it looks like Ken's ahead of this, right? Like part of what I'm learning here is this whole rebranding California only thing might not have been bad ideas. They just happened way too late. Cause Correct. When, you, when you look at, we've been making fun of um, New Belgium and Sam Adams for changing from anchor steam style recipes to more neutered versions of pale ales, cutting their fermentation time down by 300% and generally offending no one with a rebrand. Maybe that's what that maybe that's what anchor needed to do five years ago. I'm not saying right or wrong. It's just all the fun we've been picking for the last two years on those two moves are didn't work at anchor so maybe you know those are what we may be seeing does that make well, sense yeah there's a larger point that you know i i will come to at some point with on that as well okay you you brought up ken and you brought up uh hindsight discussions about what to do with anchor but uh, i i assume that you had all read the article the night before the bombshell that vinepair published yeah, basically announcing a well-known Northern California brewery was announcing its purchase of Anchor the next morning. So I remember seeing that headline. Going back to my original story, uh, I don't tend to click Vinepair. Vinepair has more marketing than editorial, and that makes me nervous. That's not to say I won't read their articles. I just tend not to clickbait fall for that. And it had quotes from you know uh, anonymous sources. But that's what I was trying to get to with John before I distracted myself. They definitely put it out for bid before they did this. Yes. Sure. If I'm just saying that that hasn't come up in conversation and the calls that I have made to folks who are usually on the receiving end of those uh, either toe in the water or, you know, full on proposals are saying that they didn't hear about this beforehand. So that's that's all I'm saying, which which strikes me as odd and strikes me as weird. I will say in the in the vine pair defense, and I use that word very, very loosely, Dave Infante wrote those stories and Dave has owned right. the story since day one. Uh, yeah, okay. And he's done a pretty good job of holding himself to account um, and, and pulling the curtain back on the reporting uh, through his fingers newsletter, which people should read of he was hearing conflicting things the night before um you know but was getting information that there was uh, a, a sale in the offing um but was also hearing that closure was also a possibility um reporters yeah, don't see, often what write I the headlines, hearing, but yeah what i remember hearing and what 
Dave may have gotten right if we're all talking about the same because it hit my newsfeed like mad the night before. Sure. But it was that there was a big fucking meeting tomorrow at eight and they assumed it was going to be a to sale. Be, yes, correct. Well, one of the quotes in it, again, uh, anonymous source was not only that it was uh, another Northern California brewery, but that the employees were going to be very happy. So when so that somebody, kind of went the other way, of course it did. And, you know, and it was talking <laughs> about this, this uh, uh, imaginary box that everyone received that was sent via UPS, uh, even though someone else in the story had said, Sapporo doesn't send out things by UPS. Um, but just the fact that that odd red herring made it in there. Like, like was, I, you know, I'm picturing everyone got a can of, uh, anchor steam that said brewed in Chico, California, or something of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what so going back to the the now masterful strokes of New Belgium and Sam Adams, you live closer to them than we do. It's always been a you know what I mean? It's like I drink fat tire when i'm in colorado and not otherwise i drink sierra when i'm in san francisco and not otherwise had they just had sapporo lost that as a thing they understand about being where you're from with most of your focus yeah the you know the one personal anecdote i could bring to that is i you know exactly in the same vein you're in colorado you drink a fat tire I only had two hard and fast rules. My first beer in Pennsylvania was a Yingling, and my first beer in San Francisco was an Anchor Steam or or other Anchor product. And as someone who flies through SFO more than most, I wasn't able to find it at their hometown airport in any of the bars. Now, here here's my the cynicism of my perspective from where I am in this world. How much of that do you think is they became part of Sapporo's catalog in a bunch of distributors' catalogs and just got shuffled down in importance after these moves to, well, we got to buy something from Jimmy. We used to buy Anchor Steam, you know, there, but Jimmy's pushing. What's that fucking horrible fruit juice IPA you guys made me drink on the Chief Show? Oh, the the fruit force. Juice force or fruit force. Uh, that stuff. So you know Dude, what I mean? So 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 and so the local distributor that picks up Anchor Seam into their Sapporo catalog, but also sells New Belgium New Belgium's Fruit Force, which has a giant nationwide push behind it. You know what I mean? Like like how many people were talked into taking support taking Sierra off and putting New Belgium on? Because who cares? They both come from the same distributor. Well, that's actually, you know, it's funny that you say that because it reminds me of a conversation that I really wish I had, you know, you, you invited me on here and I should have been professional and, and reread this, but I'm reminded of a conversation I had with the first time I met Fritz Maytag. So we're talking 2005. Uh, and was this at, wait, 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 was this? Because I met him at a craft brewers conference where he talked with Ken on stage. That was 2011. That was like 2011. Okay. So, all right. Just checking. Go on. So this is at the brewery 2005. 
And he is talking about increased competition, which if you think about it, 2005 was much closer to the tail end of the craft shakeout that began. Yeah, there were the like 90s. 800 breweries in 2005. Mere, right, exactly. It was like, it was a wasteland. <laughs> uh, and it was before the boom that I'm going to say kind of kicked in in 2010. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move you out a little. Sorry about this, but I did this research once. You mean thirteen and fourteen? Yes. We were just approaching a thousand in 2012, and we Amazing. jumped to like eight thousand by fifteen. They're uh, perfect. So so again, 2005, mm -hmm. much closer to the tail end of the shakeout than the beginning of the mm -hmm. unimaginable boom, and he was talking about the number of lost handles, the number of lost accounts, and that it was largely due to the way distributors were operating. And we're talking about, you know, big flat screen TVs and refurbishing whole bars uh, mm -hmm. in order to get uh, permanent handles for, for various large houses. And I said I I was so new and I and I thought oh but your anchor like who in the world doesn't love and appreciate and want anchor and his response was simply you'd be surprised right well at that time and for all of the years since till 3 months ago 30% of the beer market was bud light thanks a lot dylan <laughs> I feel like I nailed that pivot. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. John has the thing, Brian. No, it, it, it's the increased competition works if your brewery is nimble, uh, if your brewery is is forward thinking um, and trying to meet the changing consumers where they want to be. And it also helps if you have quality beer. And the thing that has been lost in a lot of this anchor conversation is the beer wasn't always very good. Damn. Taking I don't know it. if I ever had a bad anchor steam. I, I have. I mean, yeah, it, you're, it, but keep in mind the distance. You're on the West Coast. Travel. You're closer yeah. to the brewery. By the time it, that was not a brand that ever should have gone national, right? It right. could have been local. Uh, and done quite well as a regional brand like that California plan that they mentioned that oh, I you brought up that. before that was a great idea that was a smart yeah. idea and that's what Fritz should have done years ago the, there was never a sales support staff um, uh, that was uh, robust enough uh, when they had one that could manage the states that it was in um, and so when you have 250 breweries in the country it's okay um, you know, you can get out there and anchor, you know, rah, rah, it's, it's, it's the old brand, it's taste of the old world kind of thing. It's harder when you have 1200 breweries and it's almost impossible when you have 10,000 breweries well, that's the to thing. stand out flavor wise. But I'm saying I've had porters that have had diacetyl. Um, I have had uh, oxidized steam. I have had uh, uh, metallic tastes uh, in, in some of their beers. They're using those open fermenters. Um, the brewery was not always, you know, what it should be. Uh, right, hold in, on. In terms of SOPs, so I'm I'm saying, okay, it's a loss, well, I, I, but I the like, beer I, wasn't always there. So I like what John's saying for a couple reasons. One, I want to come back to this, Brian, but mm -hmm. one of the reports I saw was that they were doing 600 barrels a month at the end. 
which is like slightly more than I do. Um, who I I want to know part of the anchor story has always been that the equipment sucks and that's why they make steam beer the way they do and that it's not even purpose built for that but incapable of everything else and I've also heard rumors that part of Sapporo's plan was to make Sapporo there so I want to come back to that but to John they're making point, it at stone yeah right but to John's point what I what I'd love to say is this is kind of funny we everybody who's listens to the show for long enough knows that in a book called the great American beer book by James Robertson copyright 1978 my father is thanked in the foreword because they did all the tastings at my house um but I'm looking for the anchor brewing here it is okay the anchor brewing company thing where they explain all they're trying to do, Brian, is in 1978, drink every beer available in America. And they talk about how hard it was to get a good bottle of this beer. Um, unfortunately, the New Jersey batch sat in a warehouse for the better part of two years while some marketing wrinkle was being worked out. And we feel these samples were adversely affected by old age. We tried several bottles from different stores with similar and progressively worse results which contradicted the fine reputation of the beer from West Coast Trials conducted in the same time frame. In late 1977, we were provided samples that were supposed to be newly arrived on these coasts, but the results were not really better. Probably have never sampled an unharmed bottle. What is reported below is what you could expect in New Jersey. So you could write to, that sentence a, in 2023 when it came forget. to that. That is, that is in a beer book with notes from this house in 1977. So John's not wrong. But there's also a line in that. Uh, Isolate the audio, Kennedy. <laughs> a great line in the Dan uh, Baum book, Citizen Coors, where he talks about uh, a batch of cores that had gone out spoiled. And, and it had to have been in the 60s or 70s. I mean, think about, first and foremost, think about what Anchor was in 1964 before Fritz bought it, and think about the period of growth that we're talking. So from 65 to 78 is a mere 13 years in an era without the internet. But so, in, the, in an era, but in an era when there were only 102 breweries operating in America. And only one of them do we look back on and say that one was craft. I mean, obviously, thanks right. to the great efforts of Jay Smarty, we now include, you know, Shells and Yingling and the family, the, the heritage legacy ones. But for the most part, in 1965 and until 1985, before anyone decided to use the word craft and they were barely aware of microbreweries, this was an era where beer was not made by individuals. It was not even made by small companies. It was made by these behemoth right. conglomerate factories that knew what they were doing, even though they weren't doing what we wanted them to do, which is where craft sprang from. But I don't think that it is fair <laughs> to talk about a diacetyl issue in 2022 to these spoiled 
you know, batches right, no, no, no. that made their way but, clear across the country decades and decades earlier. But I guess I guess my point is I might have buried in the tail, but what I'm saying is John and I are saying we don't experience anchor the way you do because right. we're on the east coast right and what i'm establishing is so that in those days jimmy and my dad could literally talk to whoever sold it to the stores right it was a small world and it was a smaller town and blah 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 blah. they were very, the guys were very honest with them this has been our warehouse for two years we weren't allowed to sell it till just now yeah you'd never <laughs> the strangers right. these days would never admit to that anymore but yeah <laughs> But uh, but anyway, um, so so talk to me about those other questions I ran before before we finish that one off, which are at full capacity. What could Anchor Brewing do if they only did Anchor Steam? And the reason I ask is, is it because the weird thing about Carton, I've said this before, is if I operated at full capacity, if I went you know as hard as we can go in this space, I could make about twenty five thousand barrels of beer. Um, that's, uh, 50,000 kegs for the simple math. There are 8.8 million people. There are 8,600 liquor licenses, 6,000 of which are active. So if I can get all 6,000 of them to sell eight kegs each in a year, I'm at capacity. My question is, is there math like that for anchor that supports they could have done a fine business had they retrenched, focused just on their tight region, call it Seattle to Santa San Barbara, San Diego. I, Is that what I should think, have been you know, done in 80 in when you had your conversation with Fritz in 05? No, I, I don't think it should have been done in 05, but I think it should have been done before it never got to happen. I think as far as what could they be churning out, I, I don't know for sure, but I think that their record production was in the 150 to 200,000 barrels a year. I, th- I remember it was sort of- at, at, at their very, very height. It was in that little less than 200. I think yeah. 135 was the number that I kept hearing, but yeah. So when they were down to 100,000, that was clearly the beginning of the end for them when they realized- uh oh, we succeeded too well in creating a, a a market for craft beer. Not just you know, no one thinks that if it wasn't for Anchor, craft never would have happened. But it's inarguable that they kickstarted it. And I think that you know, you 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 could even say if they did nothing but Anchor seem, which is. A perfectly fine model. I mean, it works for Trumer right across the bay from them. It works uh, for Yingling. And it, well, but even then, yeah, they, yeah, that's a tough Hershey's, comparison, though. Right? They have a Hershey's. It's a, it's a light brown and, log. It's a light brown lager. That when you see brand. a Yingling tap, yeah, but when you see a Yingling tap anywhere in the world, you know you're looking lager. at that lager. But what's sure. interesting is among beer geeks, and I again, I love loved. Uh, hurts me to say that, but I loved Anchor Steam. But, uh, you know, Liberty and Anchor Porter, I think, were probably the, and of course, uh, the Holiday Ale were the ones that people wistfully reflect on even more than Steam. And I don't think they had to 
go down to just the one brand. And if they did, maybe you could argue it wouldn't have been the one because it's not a style or a profile that is a hot seller, even though I would argue that it it, it should be. But uh, I think they could have gone down to, you know, four core brands and keep the uh, the holiday seasonal. Um, I think every, everyone knows that dialing it back to only California, forget about Seattle to San Diego. Yeah, I was going to say that's, yeah. I think that California is a would have been a genius move. And I think all you have to do is point to New Glarus and realize that that model is very effective, can be employed very effectively. They didn't mm-hmm. get to do that. And it was the decisions were not made by people who probably ever fully understood what anchor means or meant at this point to American beer. Um, people, you know, yeah, nostalgia doesn't necessarily move move the sales needle. Yeah, they, but you so, know, people point to like that something like a, a blackberry IPA or a blackberry lemon something. Uh, obviously that wasn't the right move. That was definitely not only too little, too late. It was too wrong, too soon or something. Yeah, and it was the too far there away will from admit the brand. It. And yeah, every time that they tried to do a hazy or they tried to do a, you know, whatever, like it just, it always missed the mark. And it always right. just kind of felt like, you know, the older than middle-aged uh, guy going through his midlife crisis with his Corvette or something, you know, like just the hair plugs in the Corvette, like it felt bad but how um, do you and just kind of sad. How do you be the brewery that absolutely gets credit for introducing not just steam beer, like this arcane style to the masses, but literally was the first one to bring back a porter to to invent the uh, the American IPA without ever having to call it an IPA and all those other uh styles in a world where they did not exist so when you say they were the first at this first at that and then to jump ahead a couple decades and realize being innovative is damn near impossible at this point it has all agree been- to disagree <laughs> it, yeah. it, you know you could you could put citra in something and call it the first citra hopped <laughs> uh you know grew it but uh one it's not a Groot and, and but nobody and, gives a shit about that anymore right. about like who's first because then you know it's yeah. we could all point to kim sturdivant and say okay brood ipa and yeah. then everybody else made it and kind of you know shit in the punch oh, yeah. bowl and like it it you know like it's nice to be first sometimes but i think that that's sort of the story of anchor right it was destined to die in the 60s and fritz 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 right he became so, so hold on brewery. this is where i want yeah. to take this so john keep on that uh, thing but roll into it aren't we just back to the fritz part isn't this every opportunity in the world for this brand to do exactly what it did in the 60s yes and how and then my question I is how do we hope before, that happens? i want fritz to be though i was hoping that you know fritz he came in and bought us. it back he's still yeah. alive I don't know what he's yeah, doing on a day-to-day basis, but he's got kidding? that money. He's, he's living that dream life. He's watching the Tour de France and eating blue cheese and drinking porter. And he's got um, he's sitting on 10 <laughs> to 20 million or whatever it would have taken. I don't know if it's anchor porter, but yeah. I mean, unless he likes diastole. Oh, um, Jesus, dude, stop kicking the No, dead. no, because this, <laughs> this, this is the larger thing, right? I think anybody who comes in and buys it, right? Fritz got it to a point where the beer became better. 
uh, and, and nobody disagrees. It, it was gross, with that. and he said that he, he yes joke that it was Belgian beer. And in, and mm-hmm. these days, when you have a brewery like Anchor that is putting out inconsistent beer, and also on, it's not just out here on the East Coast. It's 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 you know if it's diastole here, it's diastole there, right? It it it, it exists. So you're going to need somebody who has a Fritz like commitment. Mark Carpenter, <laughs> and the money. <laughs> to put into it to get it now up to the next level, right? It's Fritz has been gone for 12 years, right? You you've had smart, maybe people come in and buy the brewery, get a look under the hood, try to make it profitable. And then ultimately either decide to sell for whatever reason or to shut it down for whatever reason kind of thing. I, I, I think you need somebody uniquely like Fritz to run this. And it's the same thing, right. right. With like lost Abbey, right. Is the lost Abbey going to be the lost Abbey. If Tommy's not around. No, I, I, right. So, so at some point, I know we have this nostalgia for, we want these brands to survive forever because we grew up with them and we love them. And uh, they, they were, they were seminal for us. They've been very good at telling and spreading their story. Sure. Like they, you like, it's funny because in my brain, power it all starts with ken and fritz is just a guy who bought a brand improved the brand's information got it out there and did very well keep in mind as a guy who makes beer the fact that they own and hold and enforce the trademark on a style is annoying um but But for that reason that style anyway augie (laughs) I I've made. Are, common are you beers. kidding me? Do you know the I've name of his flagship beer and all he wants to do? Over. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not the name of a beer. It's a style, right? I'm it's saying like, I'm saying you want Steamboat in your oh, repertoire, that's... and but, but we've made we've made a million Steam beers, and we call them Commons Cal- because California because commons, I respect yeah. I, idea. But what I'm and I and I like the style and I love fucking with it. We used to fuck around all anyway, neither here nor there. What I'm saying is it's always seemed to me to be a businessman buying a business, turning it around. I'm not saying anything I'm not saying it doesn't deserve any respect for all that, but it's not it's not the bootstrap milk cartons, I'm sorry, milk tanks. Sierra story so it's never been one that that necessarily attached to me but that being said I'm not refuting that they were first and got it out in the consciousness and pushed it far and far and far but what I'm saying is the story they've told is the exact story they're going through so I don't know that there isn't more storytelling to happen here which is what I think they need a lot more than Fritz to your point John yeah and I, 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 again, we want things to last forever. And there are these brands that are so linked to a single person who put the heart and soul into it, even with employees, but you know, whoever, where the buck stops, right. Um, it's hard to imagine Sierra Nevada ever being the same without Ken. It's hard to imagine Boston beer being the same without Jim, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of these other brands that have come that, you know, have made a, a huge cultural impact. And I'm, 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 I'm going to work- go back to my point for a second, just to be careful, because I don't think I'm being clear. I can easily imagine Anchor without Fritz and Sierra. Well, we've seen it for the last 12 years. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is I can easily imagine 
the right people being able to keep Anchor and Sam Adams where they need to be. What I'm talking about is I can't imagine Sierra without Ken or Dogfish without Calagione. If you, you know what I mean? Like, like there, there's certain brands that are that guy invented that. And then there's certain guys that that guy managed that brand to tremendous success. And so I see is, that as two different but what things. What will your take be when they're both gone from this Sorry? mortal coil? Because those brands are going to live on. I'm almost sure both of them will outlive me. Um, <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Sure, but um, the me- the memory, right? It's the it's it's. Right, I think right. we I'm all not, have nice that anchor point, memories. I'm just saying, I don't think, think there's such a thing as memory anymore. I think I think the anchor closure is all right. Like, red pill that there's no memory because all the brewers remember and everyone who's over forty remembers. But ouch, fact, ouch! You well, just punched me with both hands. <laughs> but the fact is, you know, I'm not saying that you need. 21 year olds to be buying your product to be a viable beer company but no one remembers but where's the where's the marketing angle that succeeds every eight years with gansett and blue ribbon and i'm forgetting what the one between the two was where it's fucking hipster cool to be holding it in your hand on cold snack sure I'm trying to wonder. I'm just trying to think I'm about. Thinking, I'm thinking of the champagne of beers in the pony bottle. Oh, high life. That, oh, that brewer, high life. oh, high life. High life. That ever, that all the brewers pretend it's cool to drink. Um, and I want to bring one more point back because yeah, I don't know if I've ever had that yeah. moment. You're right. But they could have. They should right? have. Somebody wrote. Somebody, one of the angry old men shaking their fist at the cloud on my Facebook page, did write that every time it was a Bob brewer, Sylvester. Was it? Yeah, it was Bob <laughs> Every time, every time a brewer poses with a high life or whatever it was in their hand, trying to be ironic, had that been a Sierra, you'd have been doing your job or something like that. And, I, and I was Bob. like, yeah, was it really? Yeah, it was yeah. Bob Sylvester. That's fucking hilarious. You guys yeah, are but, hilarious. You guys but, are really so much better at remembering than me, <laughs> reporters. But here's, but here's the thing though: if I was out at a bar. And my two choices were an anchor bottle, uh, like a steam bottle or a high life bottle. I'm going to get the high life probably because I know what it's going to taste like. And, you know, I, I, a lot of it is just coming down to, you know, the brand hasn't been all that great. And where does the, where does that change for you geographically, John? Right. I would never, ever do that. Not, I don't, not only would I not do it in California, I don't know if I would have had to have been burned a lot on the East Coast for me to have. Pulled I was burned, burned a lot on the East We've Coast. You're lot, saying you though. were. I get it. But I know, no, I, I wouldn't do that John, in San Francisco. No, my first. No, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it west of the Mississippi or west of the Rockies. Where does that? Where does that change for you in your head? Because that's the market research the, the buyer needs to have. The Bay, the Bay Area. Okay. All right. All right. The Greater Bay Area. Yeah um next question oh um coming back to it so john you've been really beating this diacetyl horse and we all know i'm not super diacetyl sensitive but we we all know my my top 10 favorite thing to do in the world is drink beer next to to ashley and and talk bullshit but you know she planted in my head the full-blown awareness that the world's most definitive check yeah, Pilsner, Pilsner is laden yeah. with diacetyl. 
Yes. yes. And since then, I ended up with a bottle in my hand. And now, like I said, I, I'm not the quicker picker upper as far as it goes. But once I've been told, I can find it. And now that I found it, I will never order that beer again. Ashley, Ashley's job here is done. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that proof that the diastole issue importer is not as big as you're making it here and they could have still gotten the world behind that brand if they bought a new glass to pour it in 25 years ago? Paul? I think I, I think a lot of it comes down to it's the glass. Who, okay. Right? It's who, just the marketing. What wait, what glass are you talking about? The Pilsner Urkel glass with the funny little carve out on the foot that they put in every single bar. Oh, the they had the, 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 the nucleation site? To get yeah. yeah, to get everybody excited about this fucking you know. Anyway, okay. what I'm saying is I, I haven't seen it's the, the Urkel glass in forever, but yeah. But anyway, it's a brand that leans into brands. So somebody could have gone around what we're making, or this show seems to be making the biggest problem with the brand, which is diacetyl. Okay. I know. I'm I, asking. But, but I, to that same point, a, a, a glass of Pilsner Urquell in Prague is one of the most glorious beers you could drink. All right. Yes. Never drink, never drink with Ashley Carter. Because it's been ruined for me. There's no way that's true anymore. Yeah, but I'm not going to disagree with Brian's point, though. There there are certain beers that should be enjoyed, right? How was your pint of Guinness when you were in Ireland, Augie? Oh, John. This is going to break your heart. Um, I had beautiful and wonderful Guinness everywhere except Dublin, and I'm including at that tasting room they call a brewery that's um, that seems like um you I went into you that not, looking I, for that you wanted that to happen no no I, way here's the thing Brian. here's the thing Brian. i have been on i've been verbal on this show i'm oh, sure justin yeah. knows all the time codes to give you but i've been <laughs> verbal on this show that that i believe 100 percent guinness is significantly better in ireland not because of any of the bullshit myth-making Americans like to make about it, but because they serve it at the right temperature. And that is well north of 40. And every pint of Guinness I had in Kilkenny, in Cork, even in Sligo and up north in Belfast was poured at the right temperature and was a gorgeous beer I had a ton of fun with. Everywhere I had it in Dublin, because of the nature of my time in Dublin, was a hotel bar with 18 industrial pilsner taps and it's extra cold and and at what's it called what do they call it it's something gate st james gate st james gate Gate. and at st james gate and they were all pushing down below 40 and it was the same guinness you get in new york city except at swifts where they keep it properly warm sure so sorry john but it was a fucking terrible glass of beer in dublin but a beautiful glass of beer in Ireland. And I know I'm essentially talking about the expanse of California and the fact that, you know, industrial service is industrial service. And if you're at a hotel bar, they're never going to care about your beer temp. But when I went to pubs around Ireland, it was right. fair enough. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you for that. But I, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm saying that 
yes, the diastole thing exists in, in, in Pilsner Cal. And there are it breaks my heart. I want it not to be true over there. <laughs> I don't want it in a glass of my porter. I don't want it in or you know, some of the metallic tastes but or the oxidation or the okay yeah. importer. I mean, like you can get away with the BJCP. Is I'm it? just saying, yeah, you can definitely like you should put there should be some diacetyl in your ESBs, and it's definitely an okay flavor in porters to the right degree, the right way. And if you go authentic as fuck and use a use a yeast like Ringwood, you're almost making sure you get it to be authentic. What I'm saying is it never belongs in Pilsner or Kell, and there it is. I would agree. I think that I think that a little diacetyl is one of the uh, hallmarks. Do they still make Geary's Porter? Is that still a beer on the East Coast? Yeah, uh, I don't know about the Porter. I, I mean, don't think a, so. That, that's no. a diastole factory. But as it's well. Ringwood. It's you know like that's that's the point is I and I I mentioned that because two reasons. One, I think of that as being the uh, originator of East Coast uh, English style brewing, and because DL's son Matt had been a rep for Pilsner Requel for a while. And I remember he just showed up at my house with this like mobile pub and was doing all the, you know, the Molico pours and all that forever ago. And uh I was like, oh, you have you have a much fresher keg of this beer because it uh, it wasn't as buttery. So two things here. Um, Very real quick, I'm, John. Wrap I'm up. Look, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm we fine. do have I'm, to wrap I'm, up. We've that's been fine. Ranting. I'm looking at BJ, uh, BJCP right now. So the British style of porter allows for low to none uh, diastole. That's the uh, right. that's that's a British porter. Okay. Right. Um, what I'm saying, I was getting porter. what what I'm saying that I was getting off of some of those porters uh, was well well beyond low. So I understand what you're saying, but right then you have to get into your sensitivity because fine. to me, it would almost assuredly read as low diacetyl. And uh, I'm actually with you. I'm not the world's most uh, hypersensitive diacetyl taster. It, I wasn't porter, getting in this to way, defend it. I was just in category out. 20A as American porter. Well, that's because uh, it's makes, the original American porter. It was clearly I copying British porter. Fine. But there is no mention <laughs> of diacetyl in here, which means that if it shows up, you'd be thrown out. So the well, first example of commercial example is Anchor Porter, Boulevard, uh, Deschutes Black Butte, which I've never had diastole in, uh, Sierra Nevada's Porter, which I've never had diastole in. Uh, can you imagine, Gerald? Oh, oh, if, oh, oh, if you, anyways, please, 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 if that ever happens, tweet it because I want to see the immediate <laughs> response. Anyway, I'm the I'm helicopter ahead. people that stop you from sending another tweet like happened in Miami. I am sorry that Anchor is going through this, and I'm sorry for the oh, yeah. workers there, and I, I am grateful that I had the experiences of visiting there, and I'm sure everybody else has, and, and some of the beers that I've had along the way, I have had great drinking experiences of Anchor beers uh, in the past, but it's, I don't know, nothing lasts forever. I guess what I would say is I see a great Phoenix from the Flames brand story reinvention here of somebody getting behind some money, getting behind the employees, doing some kind of partnership with them, putting them in charge and doing exactly the marketing Fritz has been doing since the whenevers 
with the new story. And there's, yeah, how there's long does that ESOP and, last? Sorry. How long would well, that? How long last? did it? How long did it last for Fritz? Forty years. He was. He was. That wasn't an ESOP. That wasn't employee owned. What I'm saying is there's a way to structure it, save the brand, focus it, which sounds feasible to me, on the largest, most densely populated state, strip things down, go back to the old brand. If you're going to be America's oldest fucking beer, why do you change your label? Um, and and it, I'm, I'm saying I think I don't think this is a bad story. I think there's a lot of hope for getting back where it should be. And next time you and I drink a steam, it'll be where it should be and better than the ones we've gotten because of the international push for the last. I'm sorry. But I think the only Listen, I'm excited for you to be one ten thousandth of an owner of this. <laughs> uh, just get your two grand out. And, just so you uh, know, I'm in the I'm in the put mosaic in steam beer <laughs> camp. <laughs> So well, then you've lost me forever. You've that'll lost be the first time we have a vote. That'll be the first time. We have a vote. Anyway, Brian, it's time for you to write your current eulogy and hopes for this brand because we were supposed to finish 15 minutes ago. I think that the only way forward for it is one of these three paths. Uh, and of them, I actually only see a way for one of them to come to fruition. The best path would be for uh, octogenarian uh, possibly nonagenarian Fritz Maytag to shell out money and buy it again. The second way would be for those unionized employees to make it an ESOP or a co-op in their case. Uh, and the third way is for Ken Grossman to come in like we all want him to and make the necessary changes. And I think if it's some, uh, you know, VC, uh, you know, type of, of, establishment that comes forward and does it they're not going to have their hearts or minds in the right place i think it absolutely there there can and should be a future for that brewery and that brand uh and if there isn't then it only confirms i don't remember allworth's exact terms but when he wrote about it for the birvana blog he basically said, without anchor, we whatever whatever craft beer is, we're moving into, uh, you know, essentially a post craft phase, um, and I don't know what that means for our community moving forward. Fair enough. That's all good. By the way, for those of you who care, there is tons of anchor out there. Ever since this case. So when this happened, I wrote on my Facebook page, when's the last time you bought an anchor? Just to remind people that if they don't want their favorite little brew to fail, they have to be, they have to knock off at least three ticks a week and support the ones they want to see stick around. Yeah, that's on um, us. You see, it's closure right. is on us. We failed to keep it alive. And right. to John Hall's part. If you care, if you care, we John fail Hall because they fail. failed us. I get it. I right. get yeah. it. John Hall didn't fail. But you and I failed. I don't want yeah. to see Anchor go away. Um, that being said, um, listen, I'm dead inside to most things. So, so this is this is just more of the same. Just the me. world just right, the world fine. keeps turning. So, John, for me, poor Kennedy is freaking out time wise. But yeah, what's that? At, 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 for as as a as born and raised in California, losing Anchor is as if Taylor Ham disappeared don't into the don't don't computer. fuck you show's over you cannot call a sausage a ham it's not okay you cannot do it that. a sausage 
Oh, listen, it is a listen, sausage. Jaeger, it's a Jaeger, force meat in a casing. It's Jaeger, a sausage. Stop. That's what sausage is. All of this. You're going Jaeger, down. I know, exa- I know exactly. I know exactly what you're saying, right? If the word ever came down that cane brewing was closing, I would be. I, it, it would just be devastating. It would be the worst thing that would ever happen to New Jersey beer. So it's anything else I can live with, but just God save. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it would break my heart too. It's I've learned so much from them. They can't go at us. We need them. All right, here we go. There we go. Keep it up, Mickey. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, all's well. That's it. So, Kat, Kennedy, are you going to do the cast part? Are you going to tell them how to give so. us some sweet ducats? Yeah, go Give for us it. five stars. All right. Uh, you can reach us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Spear. All the social medias at Spear. Write us letters at sildaspearpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, Brian, where can they find you these days? Here in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> you can catch him August 1st just at the start, Chuckle Hut in Cleveland. Just yeah. start walking around Bend going, Brian? He'll be, he'll be at Brian? Funny Bones on the 3rd. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, there are there are a th- uh, I think like two thousand people named Brian in our town of ten of a hundred thousand people, but I'm one of them. You'll get to me. Do, eventually. You, guys, do you guys remember yeah. when Bobby and Cindy went missing on a trip? No, oh, on the, the Brady, Brady Bunch? Bunch in the Grand no. Canyon. Oh, so there, that's there's, Grand Canyon. Uh, yeah. There's literally five minutes of this episode, Kennedy, where it's just the different parts of the Brady family split into groups, walking around the Grand Canyon, shouting, "Bobby, Cindy," and then and the tiki doll really came want, and saved I them want all. To, I want to do some <laughs> some TikTok joke of me and me and Hall wandering about Ben, going, "Brian, yeah. Jaeger, and thieves, you can make that happen. It's Patreon.com/slash/fillthisbeer. Uh, ask for the." Bend Brian Yeager tier and hey, thanks, thanks for doing this, pal. Thanks, Brian. All right, y'all, get out. Yes.